the contrast in today's gospel with Peter compared to last Sunday couldn't be more pronounced. It reminds me of that expression, from the sublime to the mundane. (laughs) And the contrast we get here is, is intentional in Matthew's gospel. Matthew wants us to see, almost simultaneously at the same time, the divine promises given to Peter, which we heard last Sunday. And today, his human weakness taking over. Last Sunday, we we looked at the biblical evidence for the papacy, which the church wanted us to see is prefigured in Isaiah 22, in, in that office of the prime minister or the chief steward of the royal Davidic kingdom. You know, Catholics hold that the Pope is infallible in his teaching, that he enjoys a particular grace of divine guidance and is protected from error in his solemn and official teaching. But let's be clear, infallibility does not mean that the Pope is sinless. Nor do Catholics hold that the Pope always teaches in the best way or says exactly the right thing at the right time. Jesus said some beautiful things to Peter in Matthew 16 that we heard last Sunday, but you will never sin again was not one of them. And today we see Peter giving an emotional reaction to a hard truth revealed by Jesus. And Jesus rebukes him sharply. Get behind me, Satan. Peter is wrong today. Suffering and death will happen to Jesus. And unbeknownst to Peter at this time, Suffering and death will happen to him in much the same way, almost identical. In fact, all disciples, our Lord says today, all followers of Christ must be ready to follow Christ to death. And for many of us, you know, it's hard to fathom, it's hard to imagine what it's like to be so aflame with passion for Christ, that you would be willing to follow him to death. Just as Peter did, and just as many of his successors did in the early church, and as many Christians have done throughout the ages. I've even heard it said that um, there are more martyrs in the church in the 20th century than any other time in church history combined. But, you know, I think sometimes it takes a major world event or an economic collapse or a health scare or a family crisis for us to rediscover what is truly important in life and what the gospel is actually about. I think the prophet Jeremiah gives us a beautiful poetic insight today into what it's all about. 
Listen to the words that well up from his heart. In the face of his tremendous suffering and persecution, you have duped me, O Lord, and I let myself be duped. You were too strong for me, and you triumphed. What does Jeremiah mean that the Lord duped him? Does God really deceive people? Is the Lord playing a trick on Jeremiah or manipulating him? It really depends on, on that Hebrew word and how we interpret it. That Hebrew word patah has a range of different meanings, including to deceive, to entice, and to seduce. And there's a long Christian tradition which favors the latter of these interpretations. Spiritually, this verse has been cited often to express the experience of the believer or the mystic who finds himself or herself overcome by passion for God. Even despite oneself and contrary to one's own self-interest. Those who've entered the contemplative life as nuns or as monks have spoken of themselves as being seduced in this way by the beauty of the Lord to such a degree that they are willing to leave all of the secular world behind to devote themselves to a life of contemplation. There's a great film I would recommend. Um, if you want to, want to get an insight into this, when you, ever have a, when you have a couple of free hours, it's called Integrate Silence. It's a documentary about the lives of real Carthusian monks in the Grand Chartreuse, the uh, Carthusian mother house in France. It's over two hours, and it has maybe ten minutes of dialogue. It's fascinating. It's enchanting, really. And, and frequently, throughout the film, this verse from Jeremiah will flash across the screen to convey the monk's burning passion for God. You have duped me, O Lord, and I let myself be duped. For those who really love God, even when refraining to speak the truth or refraining to act in accordance with God's will would bring us consolation, even momentarily, the passion for the Lord cannot be suppressed. As we hear Jeremiah say today, it becomes like a fire burning in my heart, imprisoned in my bones. I grow weary holding it in. I cannot endure it. You know, I hope that these readings today challenge us. They should. They should challenge us. Because you and I are just like Peter. You and I are weak sinners. And we falter just like Peter does today, over and over again. We can't live the Christian life apart from God's grace. Jesus tells us today, to 
deny ourselves. If we wish to follow him, we have to deny ourselves. Take up our cross and follow him. He says that whoever wishes to save his life will lose it. That may not sound very enticing or seductive. But that's only because there's too much of us in the way. Too much of me in the way. After his resurrection, Jesus will ask Peter three times, Do you love me? And I would propose that today's readings might be condensed into a very similar question that our Lord is posing to each one of us today. And that is simply this. Do you trust that I am enough? 